0: MacPow Users, Episode 219, GTD with David Allen. Hello, everyone. It's David Sparks, along with my pal, Katie Floyd. How are you doing, Katie?
1: I'm doing great this morning, David. How are you?
0: I'm great, and I'm really thrilled to have our guest today. Welcome to the show, David Allen. Hey, delighted to be here with you guys. Uh, you know, David, I told you an email before we started the show that I really attribute my ability to, you know, to, to pull things off to you. I mean, yeah, years ago, you know, uh, when guys like Merlin Mann and some of the other people in the tech community were talking about GTD, I, I didn't know what to really think of it. And then I bought the book and now I'm just the biggest fan. It's uh, it's really made such a big difference in my life. Cool. That's always nice to hear.
2: I always love to, I never know what sticks out there for people. So it's really nice when I I hear that
0: it did. uh, Yeah. I've always felt that, you know, and you say this in the book that um, in the book, getting things done for the few people out there who haven't heard of it in our audience um, that you talk about, you had this very, in the beginning of the book, you talk about knowledge workers and how traditional task management systems don't really work with the way the world is changing. And I always felt that that, that phrase and that that thought was very instrumental in the way GTD works for me because the world has changed and we do have all these technology bits thrown at us now in addition to more traditional things. And we do need a task manager system that works. And that's why I think GTD has just been so successful. And I congratulate you on that. Thanks. Uh, But what what we thought we'd talk about today is, um, I guess we'll start with just a little bit of, you know, what GTD is. And, and then, uh, I'd like to talk about it in relation to technology and, you know, because we're a show on Apple technology, we'd like to talk about a little bit how you're using it and how you see this working together. Sure. Happy sound to sound like a, sound like a plan. Yeah. It sounds like a plan. I, again, uh,
2: knowing that your show can oftentimes get very deep into the technology side of the game. Uh, I was just listening to your, uh, your, your last session with your developers, Ken and yeah. company, oh. and, <laughs> and, and, and that's like. Uh, that's a world I have yet to jump into, but again, that may be part of the point, which is how user friendly actually is all of that stuff now, as the, with the complexity that has shown up. Um, so, yeah, happy to, happy to talk about any of that. Uh, certainly, what I do right now and 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 how I, and how I use it. As you probably heard, I I hopped from PC to Mac about two or three years ago. Oh, really? So.
1: I had heard that that you're all you're all Mac based and I would assume iOS based as well at this point.
2: Yep. Yep. Uh but I you know I I'd say probably scratch the surface in terms of what uh, what there is possible to do there but again the as you know the the rabbit trails are endless. <laughs> that one <laughs> that one could that one could be seduced down into.
1: Well we know yeah. we know a podcast that could maybe help you out with that. But, but. <laughs> there to
2: but just, I guess that's what I need.
1: Yeah. Uh, v- very high level, you know, p- the the premise of what we're talking about is is you are probably best known for the book that you wrote called Getting Things Done and it's it's one that I first read probably uh, about at David's Urging, actually about 5 years ago and it's it's one that I try to reread every year or every 18 months or so just to to re myself. And when I find that I'm in a rut and, and things aren't quite working in my life the way that I want them to work, sometimes I, I need a little refresher and, and to get back in the grind. But it's I, I hate to try to to condense it down in a couple of sentence because that's certainly not possible. But it's this philosophy for productivity and time management for uh, that, that really seems to work for a lot of people in the idea of actually getting things done, to borrow the title of the book, you know, rather than just thinking about doing things or looking at things or, or nicely organizing the paper clips and pens on your desk and pretending like you've been productive all day.
2: Well, you know, the funny thing about it is, is that we all actually love getting things done. Those are your better days. You know when you you, 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 you got you handled the meeting, you turned in the report, you 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 finished that, you did the wash, you you know you you bought mustard, you 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 hired a babysitter. I mean you know stuff happens. We actually like doing that, and we get attracted into doing that. I think what uh, GTD and getting things done did was start to uncover uh, the the necessity for building an external brain. So that you're not totally distracted and hung up and constipated about that natural process that we love to do in terms of getting things done. So I think getting things done is as much about relieving uh, residue and drag on your system as it is about anything new. You know, that's why the the fascinating thing is the people who need GTD the the least are the people who are most attracted to it. It's the most productive people that are most interested in relieving drag because they're moving (laughs) you know if you're not moving getting rid of drag is a drag you know but if you are boy anything that suddenly relieves some of the pressure and distraction that actually you know is actually what's taking the wind out of a lot of people's sails uh that's that's huge and and quite noticeable as you both may have, have experienced.
0: I mean, one of the most cathartic experiences, I think, for someone is is the process that you describe of just writing everything down. I have a friend who just took over as an HR manager of a big company. And now the big company has exponentially grown in size through acquisition. And suddenly she's this VP in a large company and she has many people reporting to her and lots of email and, and she's just overwhelmed. We met for lunch and and I said, okay, so I want you to go back to the office, shut your door, and just spend an hour writing down everything that you need to do. Just make a list. You know, I completely ripped you off, David. Oh, good. No, and uh, and <laughs> this I did, is open source, you know. Yeah. So I did that, and then and she called me up that afternoon. She says, "Man, that felt really good." And then I just gifted her your book. I said, "Okay, now read the book." <laughs> and uh, and uh, she, oh. I've heard back. She's really using. So that it's, I think it adds context and perspective. It just gives you a way in the modern world to manage tasks, especially where a lot of us are juggling. And I know the people listening to the show are in that, in that group. We've got families, we've got jobs, maybe we have two jobs and we have other commitments and social commitments and all these other problems, or I guess opportunities. And, and it's very difficult. So the system really helps doing that. And we're not going to spend the whole show talking about getting things done because I'd like to kind of get in the weeds a little bit on this because we've got the guy here and uh, <laughs> I want to talk to you about uh, technology and getting things done because this is something that has come up on our show many times over the years because Katie and I are big fans of the system. And frankly, we're always looking for um, ways to apply You know, our nerd sides to, to this methodology that we know and love so much. Well, I'm an end user nerd, so I'm not a I'm not an insider nerd, but an
2: end user one. I mean, anything yep. small, small, black, high tech, and expensive, I want. Yeah. yeah. L- later, <laughs> yeah. later on, I'll find out if it actually does anything, you know. And I, and I don't know. Certainly, in my earlier years, my buy to use ratio was at least ten to one. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you well, know, yeah. there's we there's appware and there's shelfware on the, uh, the for the gazillion apps out there. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: When you originally wrote "Getting Things Done," we were just starting to get into the the age of technology. You know, I, I believe two thousand, early two thousand, two thousand and one. So we probably had like the Palm Pilot, um, and certainly I know organizers. Everybody had these you know day runner type organizer things that were were very popular. But now as we've we've moved through. Instead of having well, we don't have Palm Pilots anymore. But you know, we, we all have these iPhones. Too, and we, too bad. Well, sadly. yeah, I, I love my Palm Pilot. That's, oh, me that, that,
2: too. There was no better list manager. Still isn't,
1: yeah. frankly um but now we've moved into the age of of iPhones and and lots of email in 2001 i had an email but i certainly wasn't my primary method of communication and text messages and and we, we now have all of these other fire hoses that are that are feeding us information and the GTD methodology certainly can adapt to that kind of technology but it it certainly um i don't know was that in your mind when you were writing the original book or um how is how has that evolved as our technology has evolved not much okay
2: if you get gtd you can make anything work you can deal with any and all of that i mean it i understand what you're saying and and the truth is that that yes the the the, the plethora of, of of streams of uh, information that we consider potentially meaningful i think that's the big key i mean people say information overload Nah, come on that's not if information overload was the problem you walk into a library and die You know, first, first time you connected the web, you just explode. Yeah. And actually the most information rich place in the world is the most relaxing. It's called nature. If you wanted to go crazy, stop information. It's called sensory deprivation. That's a fast way to make you nuts. So your brain actually loves all of that stuff. It loves, that's why kids, people worry about kids doing all that texting and all that stuff. They just, they're just not out in nature and that they're, they're getting essentially the same kind of, of multiple horizons of input. You know with all of that so i don't think that's a bad thing at all the problem is i mean it's not really information overload it's potential meaning overload so the technology has now given you streams whereas potential meaning used to just be what's in your mailbox right that was yeah. potentially meaningful you open the letter and it's like oh, okay well ooh, what is this is this a bill or is this a you know a wedding invitation you know what is it so we didn't you know that that that's is what has exploded exponentially is how many different streams are potentially meaningful because see the, the you know, in nature, there are not that many things. There's a few snakes and berries and thunderstorms and whatever. So the brain actually evolved to be able to notice things that stood out that were that were different. That's how your brain evolved. So a lot of the new cognitive science has just validated a lot of what GTD came up with on the street you know, years ago, which is actually that the brain is not really designed very well to deal with lots of fast input and change. It really didn't, wasn't designed to do that. So, it, 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 so the, all of that sort of new streams of potential input, it's like any one of those emails could have a snake or a berry in it. Right. Now your grandmother's writing you emails, you know, or texting you, geez, you know, or, or FaceTiming you. Oh, my God. You no, know? That's terrifying.
1: No.
0: <laughs> really? It's, it seems to me that one of the things that, that is much different is just the the access is easier. It's so much easier to get access to anyone. Uh, and it, it results in people having so much more thrown at them. And, and I guess that's what you're talking about.
1: And multiple yeah. opportunities for interruption as well.
0: Oh, Sure. Yeah. yeah, all that. And you know, all
2: of that's the good news is all of it is just is just making it real clear whether you're really clear what you're doing in your life. Yeah, I, I think that's really that's a really good point because <laughs> no, it's <you> fabulous. Could, <laughs> let, let me just overwhelm you with all kinds of things that will force you to have to decide,
0: you know, where you're really going and what really matters. Yeah. And and it's very easy if you don't make that hard decision to go crazy. Of course. Of course. Now, I, I want to transition a little but bit come on they're, come on David
2: there
0: are worse ways to go crazy yeah that's I true mean, <laughs> if you're going to go crazy you might
2: as well go crazy just you know checking out every productivity app that every day that shows up you know? <laughs> we do that too there are
0: worse hobbies to have you know yeah. you could be taking drugs getting instead home. <laughs> now you're getting really close to home brother yeah <laughs> why not yeah. Um, but I I was actually talking about just the overwhelming amount of email and people who want something from you and you're trying to figure out you know could I do I spend all day sitting here going through 500 emails or do i go out in the park with my kid you know it's yeah. it, it's easy to get yourself lost in that stuff and these are things that didn't exist when the book first came out
2: uh well yes and no come on i was on a uh, easy link with my ibm xt connected to my radio shack model 100 in 1983 so I pro- I probably you sold know. you one. I used to I used to sell those. I worked at Radio Shack in those. <laughs> There's no I there still has never been a keyboard as good as the Radio Shack Model 100. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was the best slickest, you know, fastest keyboard on the, on the planet. And you know, of course back then, you know, you know, you know, we I had to travel with alligator clips because the Marriott's and the Hyatt's still didn't have even, you know, phone jacks and you had to unwire, you'd had to wire it, up you know, yeah, you, you take know, the phone apart. Yeah. You know, oh my God, kids, I used to trudge through the snow and you know, carry alligator clips. <laughs> yeah, but
0: so no, did. this has been, a, this has been around for quite a while, guys, you know. Yeah. The model 100 is the one that saved your data to a cassette tape too, if memory serves. Or did they I think they got the floppy in that one at some point. No, well, they, and there was actually software that came out in 83 that actually
2: connected The 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 XT to 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 uh to the model one hundred. So it it literally in a week I went out and bought technology and signed up for email. And so since nineteen eighty three that's been you know a,
0: a critical part of my professional world. Let's take a minute for a sponsor break. Katie and I are happy to welcome to the show a new sponsor, Casper Mattresses. Have you ever had the experience of going to buy a mattress at the mattress store? It's terrible. Casper thought they could do better, and they've delivered. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. The mattress industry has inherently forced consumers into paying notoriously high markups. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers in showrooms and passing that savings directly to you, the consumer. A Casper mattress provides resilience and long-lasting support of comfort. Casper's mattresses is one of a kind. A new hybrid mattress that combines a premium latex foam with memory foam. It's just the perfect balance. Mattresses can often cost well over $1,500, but the Casper mattresses are much less. You can get a twin size for $500, $750 for a full size, $850 for a queen, and $950 for a king-size mattress. Now, you're probably sitting there saying, well, I'm not sure I want to buy a mattress online. But Casper eliminates all this doubt. If you buy it, it's completely risk-free. They offer a free delivery and returns with a 100-day period. So within 100 days, you're going to know whether or not you like that mattress. We have one at our house, and I can tell you the first time I laid on it, I fell asleep quite quickly. I'm definitely a fan of memory foam now. Uh, Statistically, lying on a bed for four minutes in a showroom has no correlation to whether it's the right bed for you. Sleep on it a few nights. And you can do that with the Casper. They have turned the buying process into a risk-free experience. Casper understands the importance of truly trying out a mattress that in all reality, you spend a third of your life on. I'm a big fan of these disruptive internet companies that come up with a way to give us a quality product without the gouging that you feel you get when you go to some of these large retailers. Casper delivers that. It's an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. The mattress has just the right sink and just the right balance. They pull this off with the combination of the latex foam and the memory foam. It works great. You can get a risk-free trial with that return policy. Try sleeping on a Casper for 100 days with free delivery and painless return. The mattresses are made in America, and I love mine. To make it even better, you get a $50 discount off those prices if you go to casper.com slash MacPower, M-A-C-P-O-W-E-R, and use the code MacPower. We talk a lot about productivity on this show. Getting a good night's sleep can go a long way towards just that, and you can do that with a Casper mattress. Remember that URL is casper.com slash macpower and the discount code is macpower. Thank you, Casper, for supporting 5 by 5 and the macpower users. So, what about Capture in 2014? I mean, the uh, uh I, I just watched your Linda video, which was outstanding, by the way. It was really just kind of a great little summary of GTD and mm-hmm. um. I watch it with my wife, so I'm, she's getting in on the bandwagon now. But the um, uh, in, during the video, you had your capture, and you were talking about how you you pulled out your wallet during the video, and I could see you've got a nice little wallet that's got a folder with a little uh, a paper pad in it where you take notes. Yeah, is that still your primary capture mechanism? Absolutely, primary capture. Yeah. Yes,
2: you know here, here's here's another. Let's just go down in the weeds. Called one of the problems with technology is out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Another another problem is the plethora of how many places you put stuff. Right. Yeah. So if you, if you haven't honed it down to one place that that stuff goes into, you've put you've parked it in Evernote, you've dropped it into Dropbox. Like, oh, my God, I've just serried myself and I'm now. Ha- oh, my God. Where, <laughs> where is all of this? Well, <laughs> it's, it's the
1: multiple in baskets or the multiple inbox problem.
2: Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as you empty them all. Right? Yeah. But the the problem is, yeah, it, out of sight, out of mind. You know, when I've you know, I've been in the in my own mind anyway, building software and, you know, and, and made a couple of attempts at that. And one of the things that should happen is every time you park any any kind of digitally par- digitally based information, that's random information that you want to process later on, that should be instantly you should start getting electric buzzes you know, with how many, with the volume that's in there, or it should, your screen should start getting darker and darker. If you haven't emptied them, you know, or something yeah, like there's, that. There's, the The problem is, is you, you, you know, truly out of sight, out of mind, but not out of sight, out of consciousness. It's out of the, sight. And then some part of you subliminally is going, Oh God, there's stuff in there somewhere and it's probably meaningful and I don't know where it is and I don't feel like
0: booting my computer anymore. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the, one of the big points. In fact, you've already made it during the show is that, you know, that one of the fundamental ideas of GTD is don't carry your tasks or what you have to do in your brain. It's, it's, it's just going to make you nuts and you're going to forget. And you know, the whole idea is get it out of your brain and put it into a, a trusted system. You know, I, I let's reframe that, David. It, it's not that it yeah. makes
2: you nuts. It does. What it does is, is it sub optimizes your brain's functionality. And they've now proven that. I mean, that's you know, again, I've got a new version of GTD coming out in the spring, and I've got a chapter on the new all, all the cognitive science that's shown up that's basically validated this. And the you know what the, what the scientists of the you know have now proven is that your brain is not actually wired to remember and remind; it evolved to use pattern recognition against long term memory. So you walk into a room, You say that's a room, that's a light, that's a person, that's whatever you do that. You can do that. You can't help doing that. That's how your brain evolved. It does that, but it can't remember worth crap, you know? Yeah. And, and as soon as you park anything in there that it, that it doesn't trust has a, some sort of a plan or a trusted place that it will see at the right time at the right place in the right way. Then there's a part of you that starts to spin inside. And what it does is it, it produces a cognitive load which diminishes your capability to perform. It diminishes the space that you have for creative thinking. It diminishes your ability to do the two things that you really need to do for high performance, which is focus intensely with no distraction on an action and stop and randomly um, reflect. Those are the two, those are the two things that make you work really well. The problem is, is that if you're trying to do this stuff halfway in between, then you can't do either one you can 't you can 't focus on what you 're doing without being distracted by all that other stuff, and you also can 't step back and reflect with nothing on your mind and let your mind relax, which it has to do these days in order to be able to stay on top of the game. This is
0: and profound stuff no i I completely agree and and bringing that to the capture the idea is when something occurs to you don 't try and burn your clock cycles just to keep that in ram you got to you know. get it out and put it somewhere. And and you've got this great little wallet you pull out of your pocket and you write something down. Um, I've got an app, an app because I'm Max Sparky, Right. But the uh, this app called drafts and it you push a button and it opens and it has a blank screen. You can write anything down on it. And when you close it, I keep it in my dock. It's got a little badge. And if I don't process whatever I wrote down, the badge lights up. And that badge <laughs> just mocks me until I do something with it. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's yeah. great. And uh, and Katie, how do you deal with capture?
1: I do it a couple of different ways. I I do a lot of capture with with Siri, telling Siri to remind me to do X or Y. You know, just as I'm out and about, and then that gets processed and pulled into my OmniFocus inbox behind the scenes you know using the way that they connect with the reminders app but I, yeah. I also use drafts I, I have, one of the things that I've struggled with uh, and we may get to that a little bit later is the multiple inbox problem and I'm I'm trying desperately to reduce the number of inboxes that I have to check for keeping track of all these things but I know that capture is so critically important to me because I wake up in the middle of the night it's always about 230 for whatever reason uh, knowing just with this horrid feeling that I've forgotten something because I always say oh no I I, I know that I won't forget that I can remember that it's only this one thing and then you add one more thing and then you add one more thing and then you add one more thing and and then that's when i start waking up in the middle of the night
2: yeah well
0: that's not the best way to do it i just did that recently with my wife's car we had to get it smog checked Yeah, you know, in california you got to get smog checks and it came in and i scanned it like i have my gtd system in place for some reason that didn't get an Omnifo because i needed to get the car smogged and then I woke up just one in the middle, <laughs> like Katie, in the middle of the night, like, you know what, the deadline has come and gone, and now I'm going to, have to pay a penalty, and I didn't get that car smog checked, and how did I miss that? So I think this is something, as, as silly as that sounds, that's stuff we all struggle with. Well, it's also, you know,
2: the, the GTD process and the getting things done methodology really has boiled down to the five-step process that... that you know, we've really uncovered and and described about how do you get anything under control and appropriately focused. And this is your kitchen or your country or your, or whatever. And it's not just the capture mode. The capture is critical. It is at your right. It is the critical first step. I need to make sure that I've grabbed that somewhere. So it's not banging around in some amorphous place like my brain. Right. I need to make sure it's gotten uh, that it's out here somewhere that will create some trigger for me to then go through step two, which is decide, OK, what's my next action on that? And is there some sort of outcome I'm committed to about that, which is the clarify yeah. stage? And then you have to you have to go through that thought process. And there's no software that can do that.
1: And then yeah, how, there's no, how often do you go through the clarify stage? Is it at least once a day? Is it multiple times a day? It's uh, when
2: I'm not doing anything else. OK. Because there's a surprise coming toward me I can't see. And when that hits, guess how much of unprocessed backlog I want? Right. Yeah. Zero. Right. So, I, so when I'm not doing anything else, I'm cleaning up. <laughs> you know, so, and sometimes that can be a, a, an avoidance for sure. But there are worse avoidances to have. But that's, you know, let me, get, let me get zeroed out so that my brain is clear and I'm ready for new input coming in. I'm, I'm, I, I don't have to evaluate it against a bunch of unknowns. I evaluate it against a lot of knowns. All so right, that so clarify process just happens as often as, as, it, as it, kind of whenever I'm not doing anything else. So generally speaking, I'd say, you know, everything
0: is all zeroed out every 24 to 48 hours. So you've got, I know you've got your physical inbox that you've put in your scraps of paper from your wallet and bills that yeah. have come the door or any, any physical thing that you want to process. Um, how do you, how do you, so you go through that to clarify, to figure out what, what makes the cut and what goes in the trash or what gets archived or wherever it goes. Right. Right. Okay. How do you deal with the digital side of that? When you get an email from us talking about the show or something from your team? Well, I zero out my e- email in, basket, in in basket the same way. And, and the, um, so, and I know there's other, you know, digital inputs you have. Like one of the ones I struggle with, frankly, is text messages. When people text message me something, and they say, hi, that's great. But when they text message me and ask me to do something, it always throws me for a loop because I've got to figure out a way to get that into my system so I don't forget. Um, and, you know, usually I'll just end up stopping and making an omni-focus task or something if it's it's involved, but it, it always does throw me a little bit. I don't text.
1: Okay, that's the so, solution to the problem. Yeah, I, like that. I mean, yeah,
2: I do. I mean, I yeah. can and I do right. and people do text me, but, but, you know, It's like send me an email. You want me to do something, and you know I can do that pretty easily. I can take a text that you know that shows up in there, and I just just forward it to myself, yeah. As an as an email, because email is you know usually when I'm sitting at my computer, that is my office is really in the email environment, not in a text environment. I, I barely even look at my action list on on my iPhone at all. Maybe errands, you know, or if I'm not doing anything else, I might just scan some other stuff. But quite frankly. Uh, you know, when I work, I want to work in my workstation. I don't want to work, you know, out and about that's not, that's highly ineffective, you know, usually to be able to do that because I want to be able to surf the web. I want to be able to look at some things. I want to be able to stick on my headphones and listen to something somebody linked me to, you know, so when I work, I want to work at a workstation. That's when I'm out, when I'm out and about that, that, you know, basically I shut down my work usually when I go out and about. It's there it's there to capture stuff and it's there when I need a you know, GPS to find out where the you know, local supermarket is, you know, in Amsterdam. But which is great. It's fabulous, you know, to be able to have access out there that way, but I don't do work, you know, away from my, my office space.
1: Well that may be a good place to to transition is Can you talk to us a little bit about how has your office space evolved and and what does it look like now in in the age of of technology? what kind of of tools are you using tech related to to manage and organize? Are you throwing all of these things um, you know into text list or are you using a dedicated task management or are you using a, a combination of systems?
2: Well, I use, uh, you know, my, a good friend of mine, Eric Mack, built a, 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 a program called E-Productivity, which is married specifically to Lotus Notes, which we still use in our company. So, um, and Eric built that after working with me closely for 10 years and 15 years, and he ultimately built this thing. And that, you know, that <laughs> nobody's ever come close to anything like that. I flip back and forth between OmniFocus and... And and that I'm back to using e productivity uh, now, uh, just because there's so many th- cool things that Eric built into that. So that's that's not unless somebody wants to go out and install Lotus Notes. And not a lot of people <laughs> particularly want, want to go do that. Right. Uh, but it works fabulous on the Mac. You know, that people think, oh, Lotus Notes, that's only PC. No, not at all. You know, I'm I'm fully Mac here, so I've got my you know MacBook Pro 15 right in front of me. When I moved to Amsterdam, you know, it it, I had I had two Thunderbolt screens, you know, uh, when I was in Santa Barbara just to test that out, to see how much difference it actually made to whether whether those big screen, whether that big screen area made it made an impact on my productivity. And I'd say, yeah, a little bit. You know, I don't know that it was worth all that money. And I I have decided not to, not to try to re up those things now that I moved over here and and I'm a little more mobile, just being used to working on my Mac is fine, but that's, that's it. And the, 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 the things that e-productivity can do because, you know, working in an email environment, I'm sure most everybody listening to this, you know, when you're actually working, you're right there real close to email and a whole lot of your communications and business communications happen through that medium still. And that's, that's true for me as well. So uh, being able to work there in a Wi-Fi, at least in a Wi-Fi environment. You know, I could be pretty much anywhere in a Wi-Fi environment, and I'm fine because I've got that and, and all of that works together. And I don't like to switch back and forth. I mean, God bless Ken, and OmniFocus is fabulous. Uh, I, I, I tested it, you know, for the last few months, and I flipped back to e-productivity again simply because I didn't like to have to bounce around you know, in the different programs and email and so forth, that that you know you had to create your own workarounds, uh, you know, to do that. But in e yes. productivity, which is extremely slick, and uh, unless people have actually been in that and seen what that does, uh, you may not know what I'm talking about. But you know, th- th- there's some really elegant stuff that's built into that. So I use that, and and basically what that does is it just keeps track of all my context based action lists and my project lists, and you know, lots of other stuff. Uh, that I can manage in and through in and through that, and but in a way, you know, any of it can work, you know. So this is you know to the other point. It's kind of like you give a. It, it, I'm, I'm sure you guys know great carpenters are great craftspeople, right? If you knew a great carpenter and he showed up and he said, "Okay, well, what do you want to do?" And you he go, "Hey, could you do this project?" But he didn't have any tools, but you had an old funky hammer. He said, "I'll make that work," and he yeah. could make it work, right? Uh, and you got somebody who doesn't know how to carpenter and give them a f- the best, coolest way, wicked, coolest to hammer in the world. And they go, oh, hey, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. So the tool is not really critical. However, the really, really, really good carpenter really, really, really knows good hammers and wants a really good one. You know, so it's a strange paradox that kind of like once you get this, any tool can work. But at the same time, you want the slickest, fastest thing that actually with the least amount of, of effort in terms of bar- you know, reducing the barrier to entry to use it. So that's the problem with a lot of the stuff out there that's, in, that's, that's shown up as you know, purporting to be GTD-esque is that the barrier to entry is just too high. Because you, you have to do this when you feel like crap and you have the flu if you're not yeah. going to if you're not willing to use the system then your system is only as good as what you're willing to do when you don't feel like it so it has to be something that you can make work that fast that slick and that accessible to you and all of those can by the way once you I, you know you guys you know I know you, I know you you know and you know uh, you're, you're omnifocus folks and 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 once you get really really used to all that and you dig down into the weeds and figure out how to build your own your own sort of slick methods of being able to, you know, just simple little inputs to have them go to the right places and use it the right way.
0: That worked great. Yeah, and there's people out there in the community who are doing this with text lists and they're doing it probably as effectively as I am because they're just so that's what works for them. And I could see, I, I can see what you mean that, that really anybody who really understands this stuff can make just about anything work for them. One of, I, I you, one, of most, one of the most successful—I uh, got to tell you—one of the most, one of the most,
2: pristinely focused uh, guys I ever met on the planet. I was doing work for a big—I uh, I won't, won't use it on the air here—but a big uh, Wall Street firm, and I was in their Tokyo office, and I was doing a seminar, and a guy came up at sort of in the middle of the, in the seminar. I said, "David, I, I have to check out because I got to go big trade. I got to go manage." He said, but I really get what you're talking about. Let me show you how I do that. And he pulled out literally a piece of paper that was folded in eight and he unfolded it and he had every single thing that I would ever need to stay focused as a map to what do I need to do this afternoon? How do I need to see the bigger picture? What do I need to keep my eyes on or whatever? And, you know, software can't do that. It can, but there's nothing that actually integrates maps like that. That's why I say paper planners. And I know a lot of high tech people that are going back to paper these days, simply because that manual context, as well as a visual context to see the relationship of, of, of horizons and maps against each other. You can't do that on software yet. At least I haven't seen it yet.
1: We'll be back in just a moment with more from David Allen, but I need to take a quick break and talk about our sponsor for this episode, Fracture. Fracture is a unique service that will print your photos in vivid color directly on glass. I have never seen a product or service like Fracture. They will then ship you everything you need to get your photo or your digital artwork up and displayed on your desk, on your wall. Everything is right there in the box. And best of all, their prices start as low as just $15 for a 5x5 print. So here's how it works. You've got a special photo or perhaps a special piece of digital artwork that you want to do something different with. Fracture is perfect for this. You go to the fractureme.com website and they'll show you a variety of different options, whether it's square or rectangular, whether it's large or small, and you can upload your photo to the Fracture website and place it directly on their custom sizes. You'll see what your Fracture looks like, send it off, and their team will print it for you. It is the thinnest, lightest, most elegant way to display your photos. These photos don't need frames. You don't have to worry about matting. You don't have to worry about anything else. What you're going to get is a beautiful custom product that's going to look gorgeous in just about every setting. Now, we've got the holidays coming up very soon, and I would encourage you to go ahead and order early for holiday delivery because last year Fractures made extremely popular holiday gifts and you want to make sure that you get your order in now uh, so that you get delivery in time for the holiday. I have purchased several items from Fracture and have just been blown away by the quality. I have two large Fracture, they're large-scale prints that I have hanging in my office, and they are the very first thing that people comment on when they walk into my office. They all want to know, where did I get these prints and how can they get one? Uh, you can also have smaller size Fractures for your desk or your mantle or wherever you want to put them. Fractures also make very memorable mementos or collectibles of special occasions and events. I know uh, David has gotten fractures made of his book covers, and I've gotten a couple of the small 5x5 fractures made of my various podcasts. And I just love having those on my wall and on my bookshelf. So you can go check out their website at FractureMe.com to see the various sizes available. Get your order in early for the holidays, but if you use our special coupon code, that's MAC15, all capital letters, M-A-C-1-5, you can save 15% on your order. Uh, I absolutely love my Fractures. I'm going to be picking up a few more this holiday season. And if you're looking for the perfect gift for that special someone, I encourage you to check them out at FractureMe.com using coupon code MAC15. And thanks to Fracture for their support of our show.
0: I want, I want to get back to clarify for a second because this is a section of GTD that I struggle with, and I find that sometimes I believe in my my mind because I've got things like OmniFocus and I've got so much of this wired down that I have increased capacity. And I what I do is in the clarify stage, I'm not I'm not hard enough on it. I'm I say yes too easy. I think you said in the book or the video said yes or no and maybe means no. And I have yeah. trouble with that. And as a result I end up overloading myself. So I've got a system that works, but then I've got so much so much stuff in there that I still, you know, crash into walls. Um yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you, David, I I I met a guy
2: uh not long ago who said uh you know, and God bless, you know, Phil and Evernote, they've done a fabulous job. I love it. and it's a great it's a great tool. <laughs> But he said Evernote is a write-only, not a read-only, it's write-only. He, says he yeah. spends all his time just inputting. He actually yeah. doesn't use it because he's just so enthralled with just it, sticking stuff in there. But he actually, you know, had, actually is not utilizing any kind of functionality simply because it's just such a suck of let me just stick stuff in
0: in that well, way. We I don't emails. know. If that, I think that sort of relates to what you were talking about. No, absolutely. We get emails from listeners sometimes and I, I hear, cause I talk about Omnifocus out there, like Omnifocus is great, but it doesn't work for me because I have to spend an hour and a half every morning sorting out my tasks and my responses. Well, then you have too many tasks. I mean, if you've got that much, <laughs> if you've got that much sure. in there. When are you going to actually do anything? And I think that that is something at this clarify stage of GTD that I'm not sure a lot of people appreciate, myself included, some days. Well, it, it, part of it, it, it I know that, the, that it's the
2: clarify stage. It's really more the reflect stage. It's the stage four where you need to step back and take a look at what map do I need to look at now to feel comfortable in terms of how I'm focused. So... Okay, well- so that, you know, you, you got to clarify, you got to get the content. That's what clarify does is it, is it, is it determines your content, the content of your work, your work at, le- at least in the, on the most uh, sort of mundane levels, what we call the ground level, which would be all the action stuff, the phone calls, the emails, the stuff to buy, the stuff to talk to my boss about the stuff to talk to my spouse about yada, yada, yada. So that's, and most people have 150 to 200 of those if they really get the inventory clear of just Thanks. those action levels. And a lot of those are driven by what we now refer to as horizon one, which are the projects that you've got, the more than one action things that you need to finish within a few weeks or months. Most people have 30 to a hundred of those. So you need to get all that content clear to begin with. Right now, once all that content is clear, then you go, Oh my God, look at all this stuff, but I only have, here's today. And what do I do now? Uh, good question. Well, if you've been really clear about that, and by the way, the, the, the issue you're only talking about is because you guys are not doing weekly reviews. If no, you did, do. A, if do you, if you do a thorough weekly review, but I mean, you you are I mean, anybody who says, "Wow, I've got too much stuff to do," how do I make a choice about that? That's because they're not stepping back and doing that kind of reflection at that time. Let me step back and take a look at all of this. You know, some of the most advanced GTD I've run across actually love three by five cards and they, they've got all their stuff digitalized and all their, and you know, whatever they're, they're using OmniFocus or things or they're using, you know, you know, who knows what, uh, of the list managers out there. But what they do is they, you know, either the first of the week or every morning or the night before they just get a three by five card and scan through all their lists and they just write jot down on their three by five card. Okay. If I get any time, here's the four things I'm going to handle tomorrow, you know, <laughs> yeah. which works great. You know, and Eric who built in e-productivity, he built in a little today button so that I could drag any of my actions over, over to today. So I could just punch the today button and it would give me essentially that three by five card. But I said, Eric, you know, you should only do that. If you have an instant clear button that undoes all of the things that are not hard landscape. So because life changes so fast that yeah. those, the, that's why the daily to-do list, you know, as, as I wrote initially really didn't work because, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't Trust the structure of your day would still hold, given how fast things changed, you know, with the, 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 the new world we were all in. But that's absolutely fine is to do it is to do a scan of all that. So you don't you shouldn't be sitting there looking at 150 things
0: every hour. You know, that's <laughs> yeah, silly. You, know, exactly. you need to have filtered it in another way. And frankly, it's paralyzing when you see a list that long. You you don't even know where to start. Um, it's so. only pa- it's only paralyzing if you think you need to do
2: all of that all the time, and that's because people just aren't used to feeling comfortable about all the stuff they're not doing. And that's 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 just another paradigm, David, that people have got to shift. You know, because you write it down and because you make a commitment to it, you think you need to go do it all. I'm sorry, <laughs> you can only do one thing at a time. Yeah, you know. And, and that's something, and I'm not quite sure where that comes from in our culture or, or, or wh- what we need to do to shift or change that. But that's, you know, that's a, you know, everything is someday maybe except talking to me right now, guys. Right. Everything's yeah. on the shelf. Yeah, it, 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 right. This could all blow up. The world could end in 10 minutes, you know? And so you wouldn't get to any of that. So you just need to feel comfortable that Hey, my last 10 minutes, I'm really happy talking to David and David. Yeah. And, you know, or, you know.
0: Whoever you know, or so, does that make sense? Katie? No, it, I mean, they, does. yeah,
1: does that?
0: no, it does. And frankly, so. that part I needed to hear <laughs> because I, <laughs> I do, I do struggle with that. I I look at too many things, but in my case, it is. And I want to talk to you about review in a minute and how this all works together. But I want to, I kind of want to get there chronologically in the system. So we we've kind of talked about clarify now. When you do your clarify step, are you sitting at your desk just physically going through your inbox, or are yeah. you, yeah? Or I'm sitting at the coffee shop with Wi-Fi and going through my email, same yeah. thing. Yeah, and and then organize I assume would take place in uh, e productivity app for you, right? Okay. Or well, and
2: organize it depends on what it is. If it's just reference material, then that's going to probably go into Evernote, you know. Or if it's paper based reference, then it goes into my you know Alpha file right here. Yeah, uh, at- so.
1: At the risk of potentially derailing us a little bit, I I will say Evernote is one of my favorite topics to talk about. Can you give us just kind of a big picture overview of of how you're using Evernote to to organize and maintain your files or to, to keep that as your archive or if that's how you're using it?
2: Interestingly, I mean, and Phil and company did such a great job with that. One of the reasons Evernote is so powerful is because it is so simple. And that's also one of the reasons it's most daunting because that's something that simple you have to figure out your own algorithm about how do I organize them that stuff within awesome. that within that context and it right. took me th- 3 to 6 months actually to get comfortable and I'm not bad at this so you know that's I'll just caution everybody or just remind everybody that that the, 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 something that simple uh which has the the possibility of being something so elegant because it will allow you to then create all those different kind of subtexts and meta categories and so forth that you can do in that. And it took me quite a while, as I say, three, three months mainly. And then after six months, it's pretty much on cruise control now and know, so where I learned how to make stacks and then lear- learned how to, you know, uh, stick stuff in there and, and what goes where.
1: So are you are you using it more as a as a filing cabinet as a digital filing yep. cabinet as a storage place for information? or Are you storing things that you you need to as reference material for things that you need to do in there like, you know, just I don't know, you, you get a bill or an invoice or something that you're going to need to take action on, but you can't necessarily and maybe a bill is a bad example, something you're going to need to take action on, but you can't necessarily do it right this moment. Is that something that gets scanned or digitized mm. and put into Evernote or does that get put somewhere else?
2: It's a good question, but there's a, we're, we're getting fine-tuned here on the distinctions. Uh, for instance, I, I keep an Evernote uh, for cancellations, right? So I have a, a and it's in a reference s- stack. And just that reference stack, I have cancellations. So anytime I get a cancellation, you know, across the web or whatever, and it, and it comes across usually in digital form, um, I just store it over there. Now, I don't need that unless I have to. So there's kind of just-in-time and, and, and just-in-case. So the Evernote has a lot of just-in-case stuff, like checklists. You know, every time I need to send a certain kind of payment to something that I need to pay once a month, there's several steps I need to go through to make that happen as an international wire, right, that I have to do. And because I don't do it that often enough, that's why checklists are so great. It's like, hey, let me just sit down and write the steps so I don't have to think. So then it was time to do that. So I can keep that in Evernote because my trigger to send it is in another place. But once I have the trigger, then I need to go to Evernote and find the thing that I need to to, to use it. So what you were asking, Katie, is, is if you have something that I need to make sure I am reminded of, I do not use Evernote for that. I want to keep that as simple as possible. That's why, I, you, know, you know, your your reminder system should be as absolutely streamlined and simple as possible. And
0: don't try to distribute that you know, I, if, you can, if you can. One of the challenging aspects of Evernote is that it has notebooks and it has tags and it has binder. It has all these different paradigms for organizing your data. What, what's the one that stuck with you as you started organizing? Well, don't do tags. Tags
2: are insane. Right, so just give them up.
1: We, we found that people are either tag people or they're not, and I am not a tag person.
2: No, that's it's nuts. That's like color coding your paper files. <laughs> like, yeah. well, let me. Let, all my friends are in pink, and then all my vendors are in green. But wait a minute, this this vendor's a friend. Oh my God, I'm dead. <laughs> no, you don't know what. The, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so tags, I, I think tags could probably work. Uh, you know, I just probably haven't been patient enough to actually m-
0: figure that out and to make that work. It, it to me, really, I, do, it was, I, do, I do think it was just kind of depending on the personality and the person putting it together the advantage. A programmer will tell you the advantage of tags are you can have multiple tags, so you can have an where you can put a, an item in one folder. You could actually have multiple context or tags on that same item so you could find it in different ways but i agree with you if you're spending more time creating tags than actually using them it's probably not worth the trouble to you true I interrupted and, you, and, and by the way and that's that's one of the
2: problems people had with gtd is they said well look I, this call could be i could make this a call and i could put it in my ad office and i could put it at my ad phone and i could put it whatever or they put it in a miscellaneous thing called you now, now you're dead, you know, yeah. you, you're not going to, you know, it, it, it's in too many places and, and it doesn't stick out when you really need it to stick out. But that, th- there's no real major solution to that. But, uh, you know, I can tell you, given, you know, work I'm doing with a, you know, technology partner that I'm, I'm, I'm researching, you know, sort of, is there a next gen of productivity software And it? A lot of it's going to
0: be based on context. You're going to hear a lot more about context. You know, know. context, that's a good uh, jumping off point because context, I think, has really evolved with respect to GTD. And if you look out there, even in the Mac, you know, community and a lot of the guys who are obviously big OmniFocus fans because it's so suited to it, people are getting very creative with context. You know, at, at one point it was context where, you know, with specific people or at a specific place now people are, are using context in a variety of different ways. I think it's kind of interesting. Have you played with any of that stuff? Or I guess, I guess maybe you are if you're, you're working on something else on it. A- yeah, I, I have. I've, I've looked at it. You know,
2: I, I've, you know uh, I, I've created several different contexts that were useful. For instance, I'm about to go back to the States, you know, in about 10 days. So I've got a list called before trip yeah so before trip context i just go okay this is a big trip coming i gotta i gotta see I, and i scan through all my other lists and say <laughs> does this have to happen before i leave or can it wait and if it does it all gets dragged over into that so that's a context
0: called you know sort of a, a sense of a time uh pressure context yeah and i, I, could, I have never created a context like that that's interesting yeah, see to and, me i would i would have a list of before trip but i but, but then I would have to put everything in that list whereas you use the context you could pull from any list that's right and then you don't have
2: to look at any of the other other list at all you have any discretionary time at all before that trip you turn to that list until it's empty you know that's a great <laughs> that relieves a lot of pressure off your brain yeah that well thanks for that i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna use that trick sure and then i've uh, there have been times when I had so many different kind of writing creative projects like blogs to write uh, forward to write for somebody's